We have our first trade of the season. Breaking news here on the Locked on NBA podcast. We're going to talk about it right now. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday, hump day, and we've got ourselves a trade. I'm John Corrales along with Jake Madison. We're your Wednesday host of the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, let's see if I can get this right. Uh, as this, this is complicated, man. It is a four-team deal. Hawks, Nuggets, Rockets, and Minnesota Timberwolves. The net effect is the big thing. Clint Capella goes to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Hawks get Capella and Nene. The Wolves get uh, Robert Covington. I mean, sorry. The Wolves give up Robert Covington, Jordan Bell. He go, they go to the Rockets. Uh, the Nuggets get Gerald Green, Shabazz Napier, Bates Jopp, Noah Vonley, and our first-round pick. And... Uh, the Timberwolves get Malik Beasley, Wancho Huller, Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, uh, a first round pick, and maybe somebody else. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's evolving as we are doing this. We're trying to get it live in the moment for you all. So this will kind of get finalized as the day goes on. And look, it's been like more pieces being added to it every couple of seconds, it feels yeah. like. So it's a little, who knows a little what this nuts. final deal is gonna, is gonna be. But the big thing is, Rockets get Robert Covington, the Hawks get Clint Capella, the Timberwolves get a bunch of weird pieces, some younger pieces, and a first-round pick, and then Denver, we'll talk about Denver because they're the kind of weird one in this. Yes, yeah, I, I'm already trying to analyze this thing. I've already written it up quickly for uh, my my work at MassLive.com, and it, like Denver came around, I was like, huh, what the hell are they doing here? Uh, so let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. Clint Capella is the prize. Clint Capella is the guy that you're going to pair with Trey Young. Now you've got a combination of Trey Young and Clint Capella with a, an elite shooter, a, an elite passer, and an elite rim runner. Okay. So, uh, that I think is, is the big thing. We've heard it from Atlanta. They get to move John Collins out to the power forward. He can play maybe a little bit more natural position. I think that pick and roll, the pick and roll combo with Young and Collins was really good. The pick and roll combo with Young and Capella is going to be better. Yeah, I, this is awesome for Houston. They turned Evan Turner into a, you know, and some other salary basically into Atlanta. Clint Capella, which is tremendous for him. Capella's on a pretty Team friendly deal. He's going to make seventeen and a half million dollars next year, eighteen and a half a year after that, nineteen and a half the year after that. Gives him much needed rim protection, a lob threat. He should pair well next to John Collins, who they don't see as a center. I dig it for him, to be honest. Yeah, in all of these, it really was Evan Turner and a pick, which is yeah. the Brooklyn pick, which is like protected a one first through, round pick. Right, it's protected one through fourteen. So, and they're going to be a playoff team anyway. So they turned, they really turned Evan Turner and a first round pick into Clint Capella. It's great for them. Wow. That's insane. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's why you get so many teams involved. So you can, you can come out looking like this. So, uh, great deal for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Houston Rockets get Robert Covington 
a wing. They needed wing. Uh, they needed a scorer. They needed a def- defender on the wing. So that helps. They get underneath the cap, according to Bobby Marks. They're now $5.8 million under the, um, I'm sorry, under the tax. I'm, I think I said cap, but, um, they are now under the tax. So they are still lacking a big man. And now you've got to wonder how do they, how do they fill that role? I can tell you one player that makes less than $5.8 million that if they get him changes the entire yep. dynamic of this. It's Aaron Baines from yep. Phoenix. It, it seemed like when these talks were coming out, they had a bead on another center form. They do need a lob threat down low. And so I think they don't make this move without kind of having something lined up. The other thing is like this move is clearly made with the Lakers and Clippers in mind. They're not worried about any other playoff team. They're worried about those two and getting Robert Covington on the wing and the defender that he is helps you in the matchup against those. I think against a guy like Anthony Davis, they'll feel fine playing P.J. Tucker at center, and Tucker's given A.D. fits in his career. So maybe they're not as worried about it. But against any other team that's not those two teams, you need to have that lob threat so guys aren't just doubling or tripling both Westbrook and Harden in some capacity so that when those guys drive, there's a credible threat for them to dump the ball off. So it's kind of a mixed bag on this. I still think it makes sense. I, I like Capella. Giving him up it seems to be a lot, but they're kind of forward thinking in the move here with this one. Yeah, so it's th- there is definitely another piece here. And yeah. Baines isn't the lob threat, but he still works it and works. fills like a hole. And he's also he, – Aaron Baines is the perfect piece for, for them to go get. And they, I think they need to figure out a way to go do that because he also stretches the floor and he's also the toughest SOB you're going to get. And he will, he will really not take any crap from anybody on, on that team. And the, the defense, you, you think that, um, that Capella did a good job, but Aaron Baines is going to do a better job. And side note, Aaron Baines loves to eat meat and he's going to be in Texas where all the cattle are. So that, that's like a dream <laughs> scenario for him. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> um, so, okay. So then the Timberwolves out of this, uh, are clearly accumulating assets, right? This is, we made this deal because we're also looking for the next deal. Like they're, they're not done here by any stretch. No, so this is where you need to start to squint a little bit when this, when it comes to this trade. Like the Hawks make a ton of sense, the Rockets make a ton of sense. The Timberwolves, yeah, this feels like there's more coming, but at the same point, they're, they're trading away a guy that, you know, has some value and getting a bunch back for him. Um, you're getting that Brooklyn first round pick, great. The Timberwolves aren't making the playoffs, so just accumulating assets makes sense. You get in a young guy who's a restricted free agent in Malik Beasley, who's been pretty good for Denver at times, so that kind of makes sense. You kick the tires on him for uh 30-something games and can see if you want to pay him this coming off season, which is going to tie into why I think Denver got into this. So, like, just from that alone, like, sure, why not? A young guy that maybe could be good and a first round pick for Robert Covington – when you're not making the playoffs, I dig it. 
But this also gives them more assets to pursue someone else that we'll talk about in the next <laughs> yeah. segment, the mystery target here. Yeah. That's D'Angelo Russell. Right. Oh, man, you gave <laughs> Come, up oh, a yeah. mystery. Uh, I'll tell you what is a mystery, what the Denver Nuggets are doing. So I, I think this makes a little sense. I get it, actually. Oh, you like, do? Uh, so somewhat. Again, you've got to squint, and you kind of need to squint like a really little bit hard on squint. this one. Yeah. So I think they get a little bit more bench depth here. Um, somewhat? I don't know. Basically they got rid of two guys that they, that were gonna, they were gonna need to pay this offseason that they didn't want to pay. Uh huh. So you may as well just do that now and you acquire Houston's first round pick. This, so I think that on the surface that's what it is. Just get rid of two guys you don't want to pay that are restricted free agents and cool, move on and keep some of the depth here. Um, bringing in Shabazz Napier and Noah Vonley. It's not like they're scrub guys. They're not amazing, but, you know, they're serviceable dudes you can put on your bench. This also has aspects of what the Timberwolves are doing of getting more assets because maybe Denver's trying to make a run at Drew Holiday here. Ooh. Is Drew really available? I, I don't think so. And I don't, I don't see the, so for Denver, if they're not throwing in MPJ, uh, yeah. Michael Porter Jr., like, it's a non-starter, and it doesn't sound like they're going to include him in there. And I'll be honest, I don't know how much the Pelicans like him in the first place. Um, and it would take more – I don't know. I don't think Drew's available okay. for the Denver offer. I, I, but that's I, why they're acquiring assets, to make it more attractive. I guess. I guess. So Denver, seriously, um, got to watch to see exactly what they're doing. Um, not 100% sure. So that's the trade as we know it. Um I think, but stick around, pay attention because that's going to be uh, something that evolves. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about how this might impact that uh, that pursuit of D'Angelo Russell. And uh, I'm going to bet that nobody who has participated in our contest guessed the entirety of this trade. And so uh, this contest is still going. You can win two tickets to see your favorite team in that team's home arena by guessing an NBA trade perfectly before it happens, okay? So any trade before the trade, there doesn't have to be this first one, any trade. So we're calling it pre-bomb the Woj bomb. Go to any of the Locked On NBA Net social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Locked On NBA Net. Post the trade you think that will happen and tag five people. So I guarantee you didn't get it right because there's no way any one of these things has enough characters to get this entire trade correct. If you do get one right, you then you have a chance to win two tickets to see your favorite team play in that team's home arena. Trades will be evaluated based on players and picks, not cash. If more than one person gets it, then the first person to get it right is the winner. One winner will be chosen across all the social accounts. So it's one person for all of the accounts so make sure you're posting this on twitter facebook and instagram and if one person if we don't get one person who gets it right we'll get kind of closest to the pin so follow locked on nba net twitter facebook instagram post your trade pre-bomb the Woj bomb and see if you can get tickets to your favorite team's home game Actual basketball was played on Tuesday night, but when you get this close to the trade deadline, people almost don't care about those games. 
uh, unless you're a fan of one of those teams. And you are. You cover one of these teams, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, who faced the Milwaukee Bucks and lost 120 to 108. Really, this game turned in the third quarter when uh, just just an onslaught. So you were there. Why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, so New Orleans actually led at the half by three in this one. They came out hot from three-point range in the first half. They were 10 of 26. Lonzo Ball, of all people, uh, who's been a pretty good three-point shooter this year, started off three of four, and when you're bombing away like that and Brandon Ingram's playing at his all-star level, it'll keep you in games. And the Bucks, despite not playing well, are only down three. So it's one of those things where in the third quarter when New Orleans goes ice cold and they went ice cold from – everywhere and the Bucks turn it on they're going to swing this game pretty dramatically they did in the third quarter winning that frame 42 to 24 and basically at that point there it's the Pelicans just trying to play catch up and keep it as close as they could they did behind Brandon Ingram having 32 points but this Bucks team kind of gave you an example of why they are so damn good and why their defensive strategy of packing the paint and letting teams rip three-pointers against them can work out. And when you have a guy like Zion Williamson and you look at his stats, they're good. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Wow, that's great. 10 of 14 from the line. That's awesome. Except it took him 19 shots to get those 20 points, and it was on 5 of 19 shooting because, my God, the Bucks have length and arms everywhere and can just – deny the rim and block dudes like Zion and they're so long they just spike the ball into the ground he's been rebounding his own misses like all season long in the, the seven games that he's played and he wasn't able to do it against the Bucks in this one so he is in an inefficient night like you're you keep it close 12 all things considered seems pretty good uh Bucks are 43 and 7 so I think <laughs> this is just kind of about right like Zion had a rough night you went ice cold in the second half. You're going to lose to a really, really good team. Yeah. Giannis, 16 of his 34 points came in that third quarter. Uh, I, I've been very impressed with Zion's second jump. Like this is the one thing when I was down there for the Celtics Pelicans game that he just misses and is back up in the air before anybody uh, realizes it's it. Unbelievable. He's yeah. in going into this game. He had rebounded half of his own misses this year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like he's just tipping them in. Like he's he's missing shots and then going like he's missing actual like shots and going and getting them. So it's it's very uh, impressive to see. But you're right, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's running away with this for a reason. Interior is just so good. Look, there were a couple cool highlights. You saw Zion try and dunk over Giannis. Giannis fouled him and he didn't com- convert it, but that was pretty damn cool. And then at one point he just ripped the ball out of Giannis's arms, which was also really cool. That was wild. <laughs> Man, I don't know if there's a much stronger dude in the NBA than him. Um, I can assure you that dude is jacked. Yeah, he's a um, big dude. Like not in a in a fat way, just big strong dude. That was pretty cool to see. Like it showed you though. It's nice to see that despite five of nineteen shooting, he kept being aggressive and trying to go at these guys. I kind of like that fearless quality. Yeah. So Zion's gonna be a whole lot of fun to watch the rest of the season. Yes. Quickly, the scores from the other three games: Houston one twenty five, one ten over the Charlotte Hornets. Houston, by the way, retaining the NBA belt. If you're following, if you're following me on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. Harden with 40 points and 12 rebounds in the win. Denver decimating Portland, just 
crushing them 27-10 in the second quarter. Uh, 127-99 was the final. Nikola Jokic, 29-13 and nine assists in that one. Lillard's human in that one. Yeah, yeah, it came back down to earth. And we are recording this at the tail end of the Lakers-Spurs as I'm speaking, it's 122-100 Lakers. The Lakers are blowing out the San Antonio Spurs. No need to go into that. LeBron is inhuman again with 36-9, and though DeMar DeRozan is on triple-double watch as we speak. So the, the Timberwolves are clearly, they've been all over the D'Angelo Russell pursuits. They now have acquired more pieces that can go in a multiple team trade. The, according to Woj earlier, the Golden State, Minnesota have been kind of going back and forth. Uh, now that is definitely going to be impacted by all of this because I don't know if one of those other teams that was involved in this is going to be involved in whatever three team stuff that the, the Timberwolves and the, and the Warriors have been doing. I, I don't know that that's going to get done by the trade deadline. If I'm Golden State, I, I still feel like there's no rush. You've got D'Lo under contract. You, you've got time. Um, I don't think there's any real kind of pressing need to make a deal by the deadline. No. So we heard these two teams were in talks and they just couldn't come to an agreement. So sometimes it would just take, you know, more first round picks or something in there. Now, uh, Minnesota has another one to include in there that's not going to be amazing, but shouldn't be horrible just outside of the lottery in theory. So maybe it makes that deal more attractive. But if you're the Golden State Warriors, uh, this reminds me of Anthony Davis a little bit at the trade deadline last year. You've got a team that's interested. They can make somewhat of a good offer, but it just makes more sense to wait till the offseason when more teams might get into it, which then drives the price for your player up even more when you're looking to get as much of a return as possible because this is like the one asset that's tradable that the Warriors have. It also gives you time to see if maybe he and Steph Curry work and you want to keep them for the future. You know, you yeah. kind of have a little bit of time to figure that out and evaluate, whereas if you trade them, who knows what could have been. And sometimes that's something you don't want to do. So I can see why maybe this will heat up the talks for a bit. But ultimately, the way Golden State season is going, just like, who cares? You're going to have a top lottery pick anyway. You don't need to trade them away and get even worse than that. And you may as well wait and try and maximize the return. So I think it shows that they're kind of, thirsty for him and getting a little bit desperate. And I know Carl Anthony Towns is on the first year of an extension, <laughs> but they're feeling the pressure on that already. 100% they are. And so I think that's one of the reasons why maybe they're going so hard at a guy they wanted in the offseason, a guy that's friends with Towns, and that maybe this kind of changes the course of the, in the direction that things seem to be headed in already. Yeah, I think, I think they clearly, I think the Wiggins thing is is done in Minnesota. So there's part like they need to get Wiggins out. And I think D'Lo, because of how excited Carl Anthony Towns seemed to be when D'Lo was about to get signed before the uh, Warriors went and, and pulled off that sign and trade. I think pairing him with somebody that he likes is going to, is a, is a priority. And I think the Wiggins thing is done. And so now they're trying to figure out how to make that move uh and and satisfy all parties the the warriors 
they're in, they're in this spot where they can I think they can afford to take the time, like you said, even play it into the regular season next year and see if you can. So I agree with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, get it get it with get them out there with uh, Clay, get them out there with Draymond, get them out there with a fully healthy Steph that's that's not just kind of coming back for the last two months and working his way back in. Get get them out there with a full team, like the real team that you're trying to trying to put together. I don't think he's going to lose value. I, I think people have seen it, what he can do. They they can see the all star, or if you disagree with him being an all star, you can say borderline all star, whatever. But teams have seen the talent, and like you said, if Minnesota's desperate enough, and Carl Anthony Towns is is not happy, they're willing to wait. They're willing to kind of, I think, extend this a little bit. And, and still try to do what they, it needs, what they need to do to keep them happy. And then the Warriors, if it works, if somehow D'Lo kind of does fit in that mix, then they're like, you know what? Forget it. We've got our own draft pick. We're, we're good. We're going to go off and, you know, win a championship. Although the, the other, the other thing with this is like that Minnesota pick is right now slated to be, they have the fifth worst record. If you trade them D'Lo and they win a bunch of games, that pick conceivably gets worse. And so it kind of hurts you. So you may as well wait until after the lottery to kind of see exactly where that is and know what value you're getting from that True. pick. Particularly if they, at least if it's an unprotected pick, maybe that's some of the hang up with this all. It was again like the Lakers and the, um, Pelicans last year. That Lakers package looks a whole lot more attractive when they ended up with the fourth overall pick versus when it was scheduled to be like eight or nine. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a very much a TBD. Just a very TBD type yes. of moment here. Um, and we're going to see, you know, the Knicks fired in quotes or promoted upward Steve Mills. We haven't even talked about it. We like wanted that. to joke about this <laughs> and this deal had to kind of preempt all of that. Uh, I, I am curious though to see the impact of Marcus Morris's sudden availability, what, what he has in that market. Um, there's, I'm curious to see if if he impacts the Iguodala kind of uh, availability and, and all of that. There are teams that are, are potentially interested in Marcus Morris. He's already been linked to the Lakers. The Lakers have been in there on the Iggy market, supposedly. So the Iggy thing is still hanging out there. So we're going to talk about that when we come up after the break here on the Locked On NBA podcast. got to talk Andre Iguodala and this this situation with Memphis they talked a bit about it on the Tuesday podcast but this is you know such an ongoing wild scenario now Miami is involved Miami reportedly involved in uh, trying to pursue a trade for Andre Iguodala which I, I don't know what that would be because uh, I mean I would assume that there would be uh, some draft pick some young player compensation uh can Jake Memphis do this deal without getting Tyler Hero? So, I mean, if you're if you're expecting to get Tyler Hero back for Andre Iguodala, like good luck with that one. Um, 
I wouldn't do that if I were Miami. Look, they should they should try and move him for something because they've made it. They've kind of what the, this whole situation is weird. They've mutually agreed that like he was going to stay away from the team because he didn't want to be there, and I guess they didn't want a negative attitude around the young core. And right. now you're kind of hitting the point of where it's like, okay, you got to do something here. It isn't right to just kind of send him away the entirety of the time. So like, even if you get a second round pick at this point, you know. You lose leverage by the minute probably here. So you've got to give him up, even if it's for not something that you want a lot of. Like, I get don't just hand him over to a playoff team, but like they're going to go in as the eighth seed. And if they go up against the Lakers in the first round, they're probably losing in four or five games. And if they go up against the Lakers with Iguodala, you probably lose in four or five games. So like, what's the big deal here? I I think the big deal is you show that uh Memphis isn't going to uh isn't going to play around with 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 a player like this. You you want to um get something back for him and if you're not going to get something back for him and if he's going to pull this, then you say fine. That we'll call your bluff. If he sits out the whole year, He's not a free agent. That's- yeah, that's so that's where like he's also playing with fire. And I know it kind of like dodged your initial question of like the heat and so, <laughs> Guadalajara, no. here, but no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So like yeah, like I mean they're both kind of playing with fire, but at the same point, like usually when it comes to vets wanting out and then potentially buying out a player, not buying out a player, it has a lot more to do with relationships with the agent than it does proving a point to the player and like, we're not going to be pushed or like it's a small league at times. And so many of these agents represent so many players and you're going to have to deal with them again in the future. And this could come back to bite you Um and kind of keeping those relationships in a positive note, I think are really important. So if Miami wants him and if you'd rather send him to the East than the West, like you almost kind of got to take like whatever they're going to give you. Like, I don't think they're going to come in and give you like a top 45, 55 protected second rounder for him. And they don't really have any first round picks to offer till I think 2026. So that's kind of out. Um, so you've got to kind of do something, right? I, I don't think they have to do something. I really don't. Like, I, I don't think that they are in a place where you absolutely have to extract a, an asset for Andre Iguodala. I, I think that they can play their hardball. And say, we are prepared to just let his contract expire. And if he does not play, again, if he does not want to play for us this season, then we will, they still hold his rights. It doesn't count as a free, like, you, oh, no, look, they have a ton of leverage to be like, you need to show up. Right. So if he doesn't want to show up, then they can, they can pull this. And if he does show up and is a jerk, and quite frankly, like I've always liked Andre Iguodala. I hate how he's handling this. If he comes in and he shows up, he's like, fine, I'm here. So I'm, I'm just here so I don't get fine. Pull the Marshawn Lynch. Then you know what you do? Say, okay, fine. We're going to cut you. We're going to cut you on March 2nd. So you don't get to go to the playoffs. So screw you, buddy. Like that's, I would play complete hardball with him and tell him that that's our plan. And if you don't like it, then you better figure something else out because we're not trading you to the Lakers for nothing. We're not trading you to the Clippers for nothing. We're not going to be pushed around. Like Memphis is a small market team. 
they can't, if they have this opportunity to make a stand, draw a line in the sand and say, we're not going to be pushed around by a big market. That might mean as much to them and their fans as getting a second round pick. Like, so I, I'm all for them taking a very hard line here. So I, I think that's nice in theory. And again, if you're not worried about burning a bridge with an agent and potential people he'll represent in the future, then sure, not a big deal. Um, the other thing is I don't even know if you can invite him to the team with how some of their young guys are looking at this. John Morant is being very vocal about this out there on um, Instagram and Twitter. Same for Dylan Brooks. And all of a sudden, I don't know what the dynamics going to be, even if you're like, well, come here until March 6th. And be around these dudes that just publicly took shots at you and Steph Curry in this manner too, um, who's backing up his boy. So I think that's kind of where like, uh, if they had maybe stayed quiet, which I think it's kind of fun and awesome that they're standing up for these like young guys on this very young and fun team that's in playoff contention without this guy. So they have a right to kind of be this talkative about it. I just don't know what that dynamic would be for like the month if you have that. And that is a little bit scary if I'm, you know, the head of the Memphis Grizzlies here of, okay, so you bring them in ease in practice. Like what goes on for that month? So for that reason alone, I might be like, uh, either just stay home or like we'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I think that the dynamics here are just different. And if, if, like, you always want to get an asset. I get it. You want to get a second round pick for him. You're obviously, so I bring up Tyler Hero. Like, you're not going to get Tyler Hero for him. Like, that's not. Yeah, that happen. was a little extreme there, man. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. <laughs> They're not going it. to include Tyler Hero in a deal for Drew Holiday. Like, well, they should. Iggy's but, not get, they should, yeah. yes, fully agree. But yeah, Iggy's that's, not getting that. That's, that's, that's true. That's not. I just kind of threw that out there. Um, so, but I think the kind of F Igodala thing is is becoming a bit of a rallying cry oh very much so i see it so like if if they continue this stance some team that wants iguodala is going to pony something up something and whatever that is it's tough because iguodala makes what 17 million dollars and that's it's going to be tough to match salaries so going back to the Miami rumor, uh, they're going to have to throw – it's going to have to be like Kelly Olenek plus whatever matching salary and a pick, second-round pick. Like you're going to have to do something uh, unless you're way under the cap and you can take take it back but like uh, without without matching the salary. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stick with the Memphis plays hardball thing and – in the end, yeah, I agree with you. Bringing him, bringing him in, like that can be his, almost pulling like a Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, just walk in there and just be a complete, complete jackass and, and say, okay, this is what you wanted. Then let's go and, and then see what Memphis's move is next. Uh, but I, I don't think they should buy him out. I don't think they should buy him out. And if, if he's going to, if he's going to pull something like that, then I think they'd be fully justified in sending him home and saying, we're going to cut you, but we're not going to do it till March 2nd. And that's it. And, and the team that, you know, this playoff run, you're, you're just not going to get it because you burn that bridge. 
Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it kind of is, like you said, a rallying cry, like good for them. I just think at this point, you've got something building here. Trade them, get some for the future, even if it's something very little. All right, let's uh wrap this show up quickly. Rapid fire, the skills Saturday, all-star Saturday's c- competitors were named. The dunk contest is going to be Pat Connaughton of the Bucks. Aaron Gordon of the Magic, Dwight Howard of the Lakers, and Derek Jones Jr. of the Heat. Do you have a pick in this? I saw Pat Connaughton dunk uh, on that was a nice one. night. It was a pretty good one. Um, he kind of got Drew Holiday back after something there. Uh, I'm going Aaron Gordon. Yeah, how can you not? Uh, Three-point shootout is going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting. Uh, first of all, the participants, Davis Bertans – of the Wizards, Devontae Graham of the Hornets, Joe Harris of the Nets, Buddy Heald of the Kings, Zach Levine of the Bulls, Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers, Duncan Robinson of the Heat, Trey Young of the Hawks. Uh, the interesting twist in this is in between the, the three racks around the top, they're going to add one shot from six feet behind the line. They're, it's a sponsorship with Mountain Dew, and it's going to be a green ball and whatever. But it's one kind of like logo shot. So there are going to be two extra shots in this uh, and 10 extra seconds because of the two extra balls. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? I, I like it. I, look, anything that mixes these things up even more, like why not? We've seen Damian Lillard shooting a ton of shots from there recently. Guys can make this very easily in the NBA. Uh, give me Trey Young in this one, though, because he takes some of those type of shots and hits them at a good bit. He does. Um, I, I saw some real consternation online about the, the added two spots in the, in the, in the three point shootout. Um, think uh, of the children, John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, there's always a, there's always a, a, a wild card winner here. I'm going to go with Devontae Graham. That would so he would have been my other pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with Devontae Graham. People don't normally, uh, people don't talk about him enough, and so, and then skills competition: Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Middleton, Derek Rose, Demontis Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, who won last year on a half-court shot. Uh, I got to go with my boy. I got to go with Tatum to defend. defend we're we're friends. I'll go with Jason Tatum too. That's nice. All right, that's the show, everybody. Thursday tomorrow, trade deadline tomorrow, so all kinds of stuff. Make sure you're following all of the Locked On NBA Net social channels. And remember, drop your trade idea in there, tag five people. If you nail it, you're going to win tickets to see your favorite team at their home arena or closest to the pin, one winner in that contest, so go do that. Uh, As always, on Wednesdays, I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter, at Nola Jake. David Locke's got the Thursday show, and it promises to be a doozy. We'll see you next time here on the Locked On NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.